Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a security and tech-focused podcast that looks at the ideas, patterns, and models that help you thrive in a changing world. All right, welcome to episode 374. This is Daniel Meisler. Uh, some errata. First of all, in the last week's show, I said SVB made some unsafe investments, which got crushed by the housing crisis. This was not correct. The problem was their investments were too safe, with most of their money in 10-year investments yielding only 1.5%. So it's true they made investment mistakes that caused or exacerbated the problem, but not in the way that I described. Apologies for the error. My work, response shaping, how to move from AI prompts to AI whispering, how to get consistently high-quality results from the AIs you interact with. This is a seven-step process that I'm using in all of my AI stuff, and it is really, really powerful. Definitely recommend you check this one out if you are all about the AI stuff. Calling out the security community on AI, we can't curmudgeon ourselves into safer AI. And yes, GBTs actually do understand a 60-second argument and example showing that GBTs and LLMs are capable of true understanding. Starting off with security news. Mandiant says China used the most zero days of any country, including seven different attacks during 2022. Google just found 18 severe vulnerabilities in Samsung's Exynos chips. The chips are in multiple Android smartphones by Samsung, Google, Vivo, as well as a bunch of wearables. Okay, our sponsor Collide has some big news. If you're an Okta user, they can get your entire fleet to 100% compliance. How do they do that? Collide patches one of the major holes in zero trust architecture device compliance. If a device isn't compliant, the user can't log into your cloud apps until they fix the problem. It's that simple. Without Collide, IT struggles to solve basic problems, like keeping everyone's OS and browser up to date. Insecure devices are logging into your company's apps because there's nothing there to stop them. Collide is the only device trust solution that enforces compliance as part of authentication, and it's built to work seamlessly with Okta. This is why I'm really excited about this product. The moment Collide's agent detects a problem, it alerts the user and gives them instructions on how to fix it. And of course, if they don't fix it within a set amount of time, they're blocked. Collide's method means fewer support tickets, less frustration, and most importantly, 100% fleet compliance. Visit collide.com unsupervised learning to learn more or book a demo. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com unsupervised learning. Lockbit says they've compromised Maximum Industries, which makes components for SpaceX. They said they'll leak the documents if they don't pay by March 20th. Qantas says China is jamming satellite navigation and altimeter systems in the Western Pacific and South China Sea. Qantas is an airline out of Australia. There are multiple indicators that Trump will be arrested this week, possibly on Tuesday. Trump himself has indicated Tuesday as well. He's also being looked at for... January 6th involvement, like, did he incite or did he not? And his response to this, of finding out that he might be arrested on Tuesday, is to say, quote, protest, take our nation back, end quote. And she is meeting Putin. He is flying directly to Moscow and is going to meet him in person. Uh, pretty crazy. My read on this is that they both know that they're being isolated by the West, and although they frequently hack each other and consider each other long-term enemies, they're going to try to partner up to slow their decline. And that's what, exactly what I think is happening. Technology news. TechCrunch says Twitter looks to be testing government ID verification. I think this whole space of validated users is about to pick up massively. When you have both anonymous humans and AIs creating content, you're going to want a badge to verify real people who are doing so. 
T-Mobile and Starlink are building a satellite to sell service. A drone that seems to be able to deliver small packages with dinner plate accuracy is coming. It's called Zipline Drones. And I've heard a million of these services, so I don't know if this is actually real. It's actually going to happen. I mean, the demo was pretty cool, but who knows how that's actually going to play out. But it showed someone, a drone dropping down and dropping a package right on the table that somebody was sitting at outside. And yeah, really exciting. I just hope it actually happens this time. Feels like flying cars, kind of, or jetpacks. Although those are happening theoretically. The, the trick is not whether it can happen theoretically. The question is, can it happen at scale and it just becomes like a regular thing? And IKEA has stock counting drones in 16 of its European locations. And of course, Amazon is working on similar tech. They've already got a whole bunch of similar tech already deployed. But I think these are actually flying drones. And just think of how many jobs this will remove once they get this right. I mean, this is. It's a lot of automation here. Amazon is cutting, speaking of Amazon, 9,000 more jobs. This is on top of the previous 18,000, bringing the total so far to 27,000. Ideas and analysis. Privacy is about to take a hit, I think. I think we're about to see an unparalleled disregard for privacy. Why? Because GPTs love data. They thrive on it. In other words, the business value of having well-trained custom GPTs is about to completely trounce the competing concerns of data privacy. Business value trumps everything, and it especially trumps security and privacy. Hacking SPQA. So I'm predicting that SPQA will replace existing software. But what I haven't talked about is how this will affect security within a company. It's going to be colossal. On one hand, it'll make it a lot easier to secure yourself, so that's good. Because you can ask all sorts of questions. What kind of pro program should I build? How should I protect myself given the threats that I'm facing? All these sorts of things. And it can give you really good answers. But can you imagine what will happen if an attacker gets access to your SPQA interface? It'll be able to do all the work for you. Forget having to read all of Slack and all the documentation when you hack into a place. You'll be able to have it do it for you. Of course, there will be controls eventually, but not initially. It's going to be an attacker's dream. You'll be like, Hey, find all the most sensitive data. Make me a zip file with all of that data inside of it. Write me an email to all the most, most important people at the company, especially if they're lawyer types. Then put together the ransom email that's going to go out to all the different customers and prioritize by the customers who will be most upset about this. And um, yeah, send all that to my email. And it'll just be like, okay, uh, oh, I guess we'll do that. So it's like, it's just going to go and do, and obviously there are going to be controls for this. At some point it's going to be like, Hey, you're asking questions that sound like you're a hacker. I need you to revalidate or whatever. But if you've already been hacked authentication wise, and the system thinks that you're somebody authorized to ask those sorts of questions, then yeah, that's going to be a problem. So th this kind of raises the issue of what is authentication going to look like? And what bands of authentication are you going to need? If you start asking questions that are like, make me a ransomware package that I could use to completely screw this company. How does that trigger a warning? How does that trigger a thing that maybe gives them fake data that's not real? Or maybe it shuts down completely, or maybe it requires multiple people to turn keys, you know, nuclear style, to make sure that they're allowed to actually have that thing. None of this will be built in in the beginning, like, because we're running very fast with scissors right now in terms of SPQA. So yeah, crazy times are about to be ahead of us. Notes 
My best bud, uh, Jason Haddix, is giving his live training again this year. It's remote, and there aren't many slots left, so go sign up. And I've never been this happy or excited in my entire career. The UL community is popping. Work is going so well. And I haven't even advertised services. People are just coming and asking, do you do this? Do you do this? And I'm like selectively saying yes. And the creative possibilities from AI have absolutely exploded. I'm like terrified and exhilarated all at the same time when it comes to the AI stuff. But things are just going extraordinarily well. And remember that as worried as we are about all this tech, your non-tech loved ones are even worse off. So we've got to walk into the minefields in front of them. And that's one of the pieces I talked about in the beginning. And my buddy Tyler has a newsletter called The Cyber Why, which you can check out in the link in the notes. Discovery, GPT repository loader. Convert a Git repo into text you can send to a GPT. Let's you do code review, create documentation, etc. by Michael Poon. Offensive AI compilation, a curated list of useful resources that cover offensive AI by Jose Ignacio Escribano. Okay, this one's crazy. We got a guy who gave GPT-4 a budget of $100 and told it, make me as much money as possible. And this thread currently has 20 million views. It's, it's completely insane. And what GPT-4 did, I, I think it's got like over 100 grand now, I think, going on. It's ridiculous. And got this other guy who red teamed GPT-4, really good Twitter thread. Okay, next one here. Okay, I'm often in browser windows, especially when I'm building the show. I've got one window with the show open and one window with all my research and links and everything. And it's kind of annoying to switch backwards and forward between them. But um, command tilde actually does alt tab, but within open applications. I did not know this, or if I did know this, I had forgotten it many years ago. Command tilde, it's alt tab for open Windows inside of a given application. Massive time saver for me. And mostly it's browser windows and terminal windows because that's where I am usually. And got a word game for you. Stack Exchange is to GPT-4 as what is to what? Stack Exchange is to GPT-4 as what is to what? So I'm looking for like Palm Trio to iPhone, uh, Sidekick to BlackBerry, Got a bunch of really cool ones here. Um, Human is to machine. American Blues is to Led Zeppelin. Teams is to Google. <clears throat> Teams is to Slack. Yeah, that's a nasty one. Nokia 3210 to iPhone 14. Lincoln Logs to Legos. Nice job on that one, Matt. McDonald's is to Five Guys. And what is GPT-4's answer? That That's a great question. I did not put that into there. And the recommendation of the week, can your business be replaced by a custom GPT model? This is one of the most important questions businesses should be asking themselves right now. What is your competitive advantage? Once competitors have similar data and they can use it to train a GPT model, what are you going to do? Come up with your answer to this question and help others in your organization start thinking about how to get ready. In the aphorism of the week, chaos is the score upon which reality is written. Chaos is the score upon which reality is written. Henry Miller. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a Neumann U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. 
And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmiesler.com newsletter. We'll see you next time.